Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 8, Episode 2. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. This week it's iPhone 6 and iOS 8 week. We're talking all about the new devices and the new software platform. We're going to talk about the devices we chose and the different sizes. And we're examining how Apple's device strategy is changing. Hi guys, welcome back. Good hello, to see you. Hello, hello. Excellent. Uh, so, any news? Uh, yes, I, I've got news. I've been using uh, my fitness pal to get fit or ripped. Can you? Can you tell? Uh, Come really. on! All right, I'm gonna have to show you my muscle. Muscle. <laughs> It's a good job. This isn't a video podcast, well, isn't look, it? So look, look at my muscle. Come on, that's that's good, isn't it? All right. right. He's fl- 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 is that is um, that a bicep you're flexing? That there? is a bicep. I can't Thanks tell. for that. Yeah, I, or I couldn't have ben- that. Benching thirty-five. A, a piece of string that was hanging Kilograms out of your t-shirt. No, no, no. And I didn't spray the arm either. You see, well, now I, I was dubious as to why you'd come dressed less formally than you normally do to the podcast because you normally arrive in a suit, and today you have arrived in a t-shirt. No, I, I want you to see the the ripped you're, nature. You're showing off your fabulous figure now. That's that's I'm it. I'm not coming. Sure there's a six pack there. No. What? Uh, not yet. Not yet. It's more buy one get one free at the moment. It's like a one pack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Blanford, what's your news? Oh, I haven't got any particular news, but I did just want to highlight something that happened uh, a few weeks ago, which managed to kind of pass me by. That was the uh, BlackBerry uh, Passport, new device from BlackBerry. And it kind of saddened me that it didn't really get a lot of attention. I mean, there's a reason for it. It's uh, kind of a square device and BlackBerry trying to do something completely different to everybody else in the industry. But just a gentle reminder about how much things change and you know previously the release of a big new premium blackberry device would have been a, a really big deal and rather a whimper this time round. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go and uh well my news yes what's your news since, since anything, you asked anything interesting no okay well, well, yeah, move on move no well, I, i'm sort of relatively pleased we don't talk about personal stuff on the podcast but i'm relatively pleased to announce that um, mrs smith and i are releasing a, a smith 2.0 compact edition sometime <laughs> uh, some, sometime next year so uh, yes uh, we're, we're expecting so congratulations all, all of those facetious Absolutely. comments i made about ipads and and children's apps and things yep. it's, are you eating them right well, now well, see, see, i can see season nine being very heavy orientated towards apps that are oh my god how do i sleep and how do i wipe that off there and should should that be that color <laughs> and we do have a delivery management special coming later in the series we, we do we do so we could are you going to do it in an agile manner well <laughs> let, 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 let's just say More that, waterfall. The sprints. Just, let, let's, let's just say that some of some of yes some of my professional skills may be may be, may be tested here under right. pressure so yes uh, congratulations well we we know no news other than it is happening and we've got some smeary black and white pictures like everybody else has smeary black mm-hmm. and white pictures of their offspring uh, you've got to get the 4D one no you, you'll, you'll probably get that soon 4D yeah yeah is that not literally impossible oh maybe am I saying 3 no there's a 4D I'm sure it's a 4D now you can get Rafe is, th- is, is 4D not just a, th- a, th- a 3D movie well, <laughs> it's complicated it depends whether you include time with your fourth dimension whether you start <laughs> right. getting into string theory which... you're complicating things now um, I'm pretty sure a friend of mine recently had a child and just before uh, they gave birth. They got a, f- a, a 4D scan. I wonder if that's what they used to justify the hundred quid price tag. Yeah, I think that, I might, th- yeah. think that might possibly like 3D, but it's blue. Or something. Might, might just be marketing guff. But well, I can, you need to get one of them as well. Yeah, but I, I can I can announce though that the maternity ward does have adequate Wi-Fi. I've, hey, I've scratched that out. out. Yeah, I've scratched yeah. that out. Well, I think oh. we have to say a big congratulations to uh, 
to Ben, but we can also reassure listeners that we've managed to schedule recordings such that it won't interfere with this season of 361 podcast. So Ben's got his priorities right, I'm Absolutely. pleased to say. No exactly. M- M- Mrs. Mrs. Smith will be the, the first woman to have uh, sort of a, 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 a 60 week pregnancy in order to fit in with the podcast schedule. <laughs> if and, she wouldn't mind. If she wouldn't mind. Anyway, uh, let's move on to mm. from, from that nonsense to the important stuff of Come the day. On. And this week we are catching up on all the iPhone 6, iOS 8 news, uh, of which, well, it, the, the, the initial hubbub has died down a little bit now. The news is out and we've all got our devices. So uh, first up, what have we got, Mr. McLeod? Uh, I went for the 6, just the 6. And the only reason I went for the, the, the 6 as opposed to the Plus was just because that was the one that would be delivered on time. I'm quite keen to have a play with the Plus as well. I think that might be interesting. Excellent sound reasoning there. Mm-hmm. Assessing the market, Ralph Blanford. I haven't actually upgraded my personal get iPhone out. or get my work phone. But, Stand up now and get but out. Unlike you and I actually have both a, a, an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 6 Plus, which I've, I've borrowed from work Doesn't so count. that I can talk Doesn't about count. the knowledge bro- knowledgeably. Uh, yes, Ralph Blanford has them both, both in front of him now. He's a two iPhone Blanford at the mm. moment. There we go. And uh, actually, you just hold it. Rafe was just holding them up in the air there, which again, yeah. I, I need to remind you, does not work well on an audio audio only podcast. But no. holding them up reminds me of the reason that I chose the six over the six plus. I I, uh, I hedged my bets, went into the store and, and checked them out, and decided which one I was. You just get. tell tell the listeners how, what you were doing because I think you were the most anal of iPhone purchases. Well, I uh, in the in the UK, I don't think it's globally. But I mean, it's a first world problem you were solving. Oh, definitely. I mean, let's let's check out check out privilege at the door here. Yeah. Um, so in the UK, and I think some other markets, but particularly in the UK, you could, apart from buying for delivery from the store, you could mm. reserve for in store pickup, and in store pickup was pay on collection. So I reserved one of each, went into the store, checked them out on the display on launch day, decided which one I wanted, and then just collected one and, and said no thanks to the other one and put that back in the pool so some poor sod who was waiting in a queue outside in the apple tent. store uh, for for a six plus and was going to be told no we've run out one one more back went back on the shelf so yeah, okay. I, I made someone's day i like to think rather than selfishly reserving one that's where, where did you buy it what store i went to the basingstoke one which is actually near nearest to where i, I know live, that and one. nearest to where you live as well yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, so i went into the store and um, I thought I, it would take me a long time to to decide, and I was all ready to you know fire up the apps I cared about. And uh, I put my I put my finger across, well, put my thumb across the eye. The six plus couldn't reach from the left side to the right side, and immediately knew that that wasn't for me. So, so that was that was done and dusted. But I am loving the larger size of the six. I yes, think excellent. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, our preferences probably don't matter that much. What? Uh, but what do we think that the 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 major you know, having had a bit of time now to think about it, what are the major differences in the devices that actually matter? Because there's a lot of technical detail, but what what what, what really matters? I was having this conversation uh, the other other day with uh, a colleague, Daryl. Hello there, Daryl. Um, that's Daryl at Nationwide, I should point out. By the way, is that Daryl at Nationwide who probably has something to do with you A being hired and B being paid? Um, I think he has everything to do with it. But we we're having a conversation about it, and um, he was pretty particularly direct, as was I, because I don't see any difference, really. It's bigger, um, it's slimmer. Uh, battery, I think, is slightly better, and uh, it's just nicer, is my view. I, um, on the face of it, I can't point to anything that I feel is amazing. Uh, in this, because, of course, Apple Pay doesn't work yet, and um, uh, the health kit stuff doesn't work for me yet, blah, blah, blah. So it's just a bigger, slimmer iPhone. Thanks very much. I'm pleased with it, but I'm not, I'm not over the moon. It's just great. Thanks. So Blanford, the word that word that's been banded around in some circles is defensive. 
in terms of uh, a play from from Apple this time around. And is that fair? I, I think it is. I mean, there's two reasons for that, both on the software side, which maybe touch on later. It's really a lot of people have said it's getting features that Android already has, and that's true. But I think that's perhaps less fair because it's delivered in the way that Apple does things sort of with a bit of polish thinking about how they're doing it rather than necessarily being cutting edge. And there's some innovation in there as well with you know HomeKit and HealthKit. Uh, and Apple Pay to come. But I think particularly on the screen size, given what Steve Jobs said in the past about people wanting a bigger screen size on their iPhone, it is essentially backtracking from Apple, and they've been forced into that by their competition who have released bigger mm. screen phones, and Samsung being the obvious example of that. And I think particularly with the 6 Plus, which is the, the phablet device, um, I don't think you should see that as a, a bad thing. It's, you know, Apple is never always going to be right and you know, responding to what you just But want. Jobs didn't actually say that. He, 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 yeah, he didn't. He didn't. It might be written down. You might even have a video of it, but he didn't actually say that, you see. That, that's right. You know, history, his, that. history that's is written right. by the victors. Well, let me uh, just distort your reality because you were wrong. Carry well, on. But, but, for but me, Apple, Apple do have form on changing their mind, though, because they also, they also said that they wouldn't make an iPad mini because you wouldn't need a device that's that size. And even within Steve Jobs' lifetime, they did they did change their mind. Now, whether or not he was convinced or the commercial realities bit, I don't I don't know. But I wonder sometimes whether they say what they have to say to create and shape the market in the way they want it to be when they start, and then you know they're, they're forever creating a a context to see their devices in. And they sometimes they have to be absolute about things that that really are grey in the real world. And and the original iPhone and apps is the perfect example of that. However, I think on this particular occasion, they've actually had to move in response to the market. That's why I see it as defensive. And and really, it's about making sure they're able to capture as much of the high end of the market as possible, because there were people making decisions on which phone to buy on the basis of screen size. And people going, I won't have an iPhone because the screen isn't big enough. And actually, now you see the iPhone 6 and compare it to some of the other devices on the market, Actually, you know, it, it really does feel like the 5S and the 5C had a too small a screen. There are going to be people who prefer that, but I think the minimum expectation for what a screen size should be has moved in the smartphone, and, and it is now between kind of 4.7 and 5 inches. feels to me like the sweet spot, and then there is this additional phablet sector, which is 5.7 to 6.5 inches. I think there's a risk of sounding like a fanboy, but I was wondering whether or not the, the right size for a phone has changed. It's not the case that there was always have been a right size and that you know we've been under it or over it before. But actually, as smartphone operating systems and apps and things have got more complicated, people have got more familiar with them, our aspirations and expe- expectations have changed, the number has increased. And Apple might be ahead or behind the curve of other people picking up on it. I mean, Samsung arguably, arguably you know, are always there because they've always got so many different devices out on the market. But that the you know, last year's right number and this year's right number are, are very different. Uh, I think that's fair. But at the same time, I think you have to say Apple somewhat unusually hasn't been setting the kind of the market context. This is a, a clear case where it's followed and it reflects the sort of the changing market landscape where the iPhone is now one of a number of high-end devices, all of which are quite competitive with each other. And there has been some discussion about do, do these new iPhones mean you should not buy a high-end Android or a high-end Windows phone device? I think that's not the case. But I do think with these devices, Apple will be able to capture a larger portion of that high end of the market. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you think that Apple set the tone for the market? 
or set the agenda? I mean, was it the retina screen? I think you could look at the retina screen, but even in the, the latest set, you know, things like HealthKit, mm. back at, at WWDC, the idea of health being integrated in an aggregator of data, that's something that Apple set the agenda for. Right. And as now, you know, we've had Google Fit and admittedly Microsoft were doing healthful beforehand, but that's suddenly come to the attention of the market. And something similar, I think, will happen with Apple Pay. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I, I want to pick mm. up on Apple Pay because the... The, the, the wrong person's answer to that is, oh, Google Wallet has been around before, blah, blah, blah. And, and yes, technically there was Google Wallet and NFC payments on Android phones, but, but Apple announced that they were launching with tens and tens of thousands of retail locations all yeah. tooled up, ready to go. So they did a proper launch of the full payment system, and so I think they are still leading, but it's noticeable that both, both those answers are not around hardware innovation on, in, in this case because... I think Rafe said in previous podcasts, there comes a point where where you you run out of of areas to innovate into, you know, of, of gaps to make up. That mm. actually, you know, screens, battery, construction techniques, cameras, you know, we we really are now squeezing out small incremental improvements. And if you look at the new iPhone six, it's quite clear the biggest changes are actually in the software. But actually, more significantly, they're in the enablers that let you do things. So you yes. refer to HealthKit not doing anything yet. That's absolutely right. Where I think there is a big difference quite early on is the extensions and the idea that you're able to address other apps from within other apps. And so it's kind of breaking the traditional app side that's been very strong, particularly on iOS. I mean, less so on some of the other platforms. But I think it's a big deal, for example, that you can clip to Evernote from pretty much any content source now the browser has become extensible. And yes, you, you, you finally, because it's been available on other platforms. Very annoying, yeah, yeah. But that's going to change the way apps interact with each other. And I think potentially, at least, you know, quite a lot of different user experiences. And you can start to imagine how, you know, payments get integrated into apps in different ways. And so the idea that you come back out to the app launch and then go into another app will start to be just one way, because the other way will be you'll go from app to app through deep linking and through extensions. I think uh, the... The keyboard, the the, the a custom great example. The that. custom keyboards are yeah. a, a, a case of Apple being a late follower, but also an area where I wonder if they've late followed into the same minefield that um, Android has, because a lot of conversations I've been seeing recently around the privacy issues of of third party having access to your keyboard, um, or well, more importantly, having access to what you typed. Um, in some cases, needing to send that to an internet based service, and of course, Apple review keyboard code like they do apps, so it. You know, of all the app stores, it's got the best check, checking mechanism, but it's certainly not infallible. And I wonder if, if we, as as they as they follow, as they get pushed into areas that they maybe wouldn't have naturally moved into themselves, they they begin to have some of the same problems as the rest of the market. I mean, are they can they meaningfully differentiate against Android, Rafe? I, I don't think they can in that that software sense. Um, because a lot of the time that you know Google is going to typically be n- more nimble in the development. And where it's moving with Android, it's the nature of the platform. Where I think Apple continues to differentiate itself Mm. from Google is that um, both in the business model where it extracts value from its ecosystem and the general approach it has. And uh, I can't claim credit for this particular insight. I think it was uh, Benedict Evans and a few of the other online analysts talked about the way that Google puts a lot of value into the cloud and that's where it expects to store data and Apple... uh, it puts more onto the device. Kind of ironic given the recent scandals with uh, celebrity photos. I want to move on because there are some big picture topics that we really want to move on to talk about. But we have to give no more than a minute and a bit to bendy iPhones because 
I don't, why? I don't, why? Well, I, I think we have to address it, <sighs> even if only to dismiss it. And yeah. certainly, yeah, I, we haven't talked about this before we started recording, but I... This story probably will develop between when we record and when we publish this because we've got a little bit of a lead time on this episode. But my sense is that this is this is something that will blow over. That the I mean, I, know I was on the radio. I was on the radio today t- talking about it onto a, on a radio station, and the guy was saying, "Oh, you know, it's all in all the papers, and you know, cause should I buy an iPhone six plus because it'll just bend?" And thinking, well, actually, it's probably not the toughest phone out there, but it's tough enough for a luxury piece of consumer electronics. I mean, there's been some great jokes around this, but honestly, the ones that are truly bending in the pocket as opposed to being forced, but represent outliers. Now, I think there is a case to be made that Apple has lowered the threshold a little bit too much in terms of its tolerances in the testing and things like that. Um, but it's kind of a, an inevitable function of making the device thinner because you have the, you know, the cross-sectional areas obviously bigger in its... You know, equivalent of trying to fold a notebook versus a single piece of paper. But I think this tends to get overblown and not helped by Apple not responding. At the same time, I think there's a lot of people, manufacturers would like to be in Apple's position getting so much noise around an issue like this because it's actually a sign that, you know, Apple and the new launch is part of the mainstream news cycle. It's not just a technology thing anymore. Just, yeah, I think it will blow over. But I think uh, all the other publications out there that, that cover or are, are anti Apple, or actually, you don't have to be anti-Apple, you just have to be up for more traffic to your website. We'll keep this alive for a little while. So launch weekend, they shifted 10 million units globally. Amazing. So unless thousands and thousands of people are being affected by this, it's not a meaningful number. And the fact that you can, the fact that you can force the phone into to bet you know to bend it you you know exerting deliberate deliberate pressures as some people have done in. Can you not do that to any phone? You could do it to any phone. Some of them are more susceptible, yeah. and different manufacturers make different decisions on tolerance levels. So, for example, Nokia, and it's you know got a reputation for it, and it's actually deserved. Generally, you Here we can go. eighteen be minutes in Nokia reference. Much, much nastier hey, to your is that to your 20 phone. Twenty quid to you or ten quid to? I thought it was a pound a minute. Eighteen. Eighteen quid. Yeah, okay. Okay. But, Sorry, but, Karen. but you look at other devices, you know, that use plastics, and it's also you know Apple using aluminium glass, and that does have more flex in it. So I don't think they deserve some of the criticism they're getting. What they maybe deserve criticism getting is kind of being a bit ostrich-like, as they tend to be when something goes wrong, or there's a negative story in the media and not responding to it. But at the same time, you kind of admire their fortitude in sticking to their their strategy. And actually, it works for them and has been proved to be so in the past when you you know, think about antenna gates and all of those previous incidents. Okay, so let's move on then to uh, something I wanted to talk about a bit more, which was what do we think this, the, the 6 and the 6 Plus does to the iPhone range? Because right now, uh, as, we, as we're talking, we've got mm. three different sizes of iPhone. You've got the 5C and the 5S, which is the yep. traditional size, as it were, uh, and then you've got the 6 and you've got the 6 Plus. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering, you know, are we going to end up now with a cheap iPhone that has a lower spec screen, a smaller screen than the others? Are we going to end up with uh, the 5C or the plastic model going up to a 6 size so that you just end up with two sizes and different types of hardware? Mm-hmm. Or are, are we actually missing? An, uh, is there an iPhone 5S with... Plus. Well, with, with minor, well, a six yeah. minus, you know, with, yeah. the, with the same internals inside. Five and a half. But on, six but on the standard. Yeah, the six mini. So, because... I'm beginning to wonder, two devices is difficult to manage from a, from a sort of a fragmentation point of view. 
relative to Apple's ecosystem. I mean, in the Android world, that would be a great, great news. But mm -hmm. Apple derives a lot of stability from only having a small number of, of devices, and and one more makes makes a big difference. So, where where are we going on this one, Rafe? Well, you're still going to have the 5S on the market and being sold. And so there are effectively three devices already. But I mean, I agree with you, it is a fragmentation issue. If you're, say, doing responsive websites, there's actually now three breakpoints you need to consider for the, to, to cover all the iPhone device. And that's up from just one before. Um, that applies in app design as well because of the different resolutions. I, I tend to think that the smaller size will disappear in time. And I think that will upset some people who said, I'm not buying a new iPhone because I want a smaller screen one. Um, I, I tend to think that Apple will just stick with having two in the future. And um, just as the you know the 4S and devices before that have dropped off, I think the 5S and that smaller size will disappear in time. Yeah. I'm absolutely prepared to be proved wrong. And Apple might surprise us all and announce you know, a 6 mini in February or something like that. Generally, though, Ewan, pricing with the 6 models has gone up comm oh, yeah. commensurate with the size, hasn't the, it? The, so right. so if, if they do abandon the, the 5C and the 5S size when they reach their end of life, and I, I know, you know Rafe said that they're around for a bit, um, how, have Apple actually repositioned themselves even, even higher in the market? Because... If they did that, what was the point of having the 5C? I thought the 5C was about setting the bottom of what an iPhone could cost, and they would have to cover everything from the 5C upwards. So it seems like they've gone in one direction one year and then substantially in the other direction the next. Yeah, I, I don't know if even Apple could probably give you a, a proper reason or explanation for the 5C other than, oh, it's a bit cheaper, and we thought we'd see how it performs, and thanks very much. I, I think it is time... To move on, I reckon Apple have said, right, okay, we'll, 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 we need more money from these people. Um, we need to carve our niche. And we always know that Apple are very expensive anyway. But they, they've, they've said, look, let's, I think what they've said is we will take the premium market. And the Apple fanboys, the, the idiots out there who will just, and I am one of them, um, will happily pay. <laughs> you, you saved me jumping in there. Right, there you go. Um, will happily pay more money. Just to give you, I was looking at some uh, teardown research uh, recently. It, it costs an extra fifteen dollars um, for um, the six plus, the six plus, uh, but they charge you an extra hundred dollars. It's just really, really smart. But that's pricing and position. That's always been the way, though, with RAM as well, which is the incremental. Yeah. I mean, okay, we're jumping sixteen, sixty-four, hundred twenty-eight now. But back in the back in the days when there was just a sixteen to thirty-two gap. There was a, often a, was it a hundred dollar difference, right? Yeah, it was hundred dollar mm -hmm. difference uh, for for what was single digit dollars of, of RAM in some cases. Can they really genuinely co uh, compete with the rest of the marketplace? Sub, you know, four hundred pounds or, or the like. I, I think that's the interesting thing. You Do know, they want to? The, the five C was kind of held up as a cheap iPhone. It wasn't at all. And uh, actually, the four S uh, as it then was was really the, the, the entry level point for for iPhone. And I think the 5C probably didn't do as well as expected, especially early on. Subsequently, it perhaps did a, a little better. Um, and it, let's not forget, you know, the 6 in time and the 6 Plus will be replaced by you know, something like the 6X and 6S Plus. It's, names are going to be a bit tongue twisters. Mm. And so they'll become the entry level. Uh, and so I think Apple's strategy has been to focus, as I sort of suggested earlier, on 
trying to own more of the higher end of the market rather than trying to go after a bit of the low end of the market, essentially because it sees that the margins are better there and that the people who are then willing to do incremental revenue around apps, music, yeah. movie purchases, and everything else, that, that's market, a yeah. more valuable customer to own. And so they've concentrated on that, and I'd expect that to continue going forward. So I, I don't dispute for a moment that the, the arrival of the 6 Plus shows that Apple have gone you know, upper, upper, upper step mm. um, to the top of the market. It's bigger, it's more expensive, et cetera, et cetera. But I wonder what the bottom of the market, whether the bottom of the market has moved. Have they shifted everything up or have they just tried to go for a wider spread because they realized that they were missing out some stuff at the top? So, you know, do you think that the 5C price point, actually, well, do you think that the, the 5 price point, because you, you're exactly right, Rafe, that the 5C wasn't that much cheaper than the 5S. Was it, was it 50 quid cheaper? In the in the oh, UK, in the it, was, UK yeah. it was something yeah. like that. But do we think that they will abandon that price point and actually that the, the average cost of all Apple devices will rise or that they're just going to spread across a broader range? Yeah, I don't think they'll abandon it. I think, well, not in the short term. It's just, I think eventually they'll probably abandon it, yeah. I, I think um, it's going to be a case of we'll see, just as before, you'll have the N-1 or the N-2 model will be the entry level um, for the iPhone range. And so the price range will will remain similar. But what we have seen is an extension of $100 upwards um, as a result of the 6 Plus. And that's something I expect to see continue because it, you know, it's, it's really about you know, the price elasticity. You know, the relatively speaking, the people buying, especially the iPhone 6 Plus in its larger memory variants, are insensitive to price. It's, it's not that they don't care at all, but they're willing to pay it. And Apple's in a very happy place at the moment that it can charge a premium for its product. Yeah, now Rafe, just, just, sorry, let me just, just interrupt for a moment because although although I am comfortable with a whole range of uh, economic terms and indeed, you know, sort of uh, re reg regularly converse, uh, you know, on, on macroeconomic policy over the breakfast table, just for, for, for normal people with, for normal people who don't, who, who don't understand that understand all this nonsense about um, elasticity and elasticity? What does that mean practically? Because that's that's a big word to bandy around. Uh, I think uh, th think think that <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm slow today. Well, I, I'd actually given up on the laugh. I was just going to straight face it through and pretend I hadn't meant it. But okay, go on. Uh, I, I think the easiest way to think about this uh, and i could talk about you know various economic graphs but i can't actually remember them off the top of my head anyway fortunately or unfortunately but just just specifically because elasticity is is, a, is an important point here um, how 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 can people identify elasticity in 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 their in everyday life it's it's essentially the the willingness to pay uh, versus the demand and so you will find uh, when you're pricing something that as the price goes up, fewer people are willing to pay that price. And when you've got an elastic price, it basically means you've got more people willing to pay more. Uh, but for most products, you're in a situation where you'll uh, increase the price and the demand will drop right off. Uh, for the iPhone, that isn't so much the case. And you compare it to something like a pint of milk, everyone will be happy to pay the standard price. But if you doubled it, no one's going to pay that. And that's the key thing here is we're saying that actually iPhone purchasers tend to be less price sensitive absolutely, th than the rest of the market. You know, it is more expensive to buy a MacBook. Sorry, no, it's more expensive to buy the 6 Plus 128 gig version than the MacBook Air. Yeah. 
But rightly so. I mean, when you, when you look at the, the, the... They've both got the same amount of, uh, of space. Yeah, but... but actually, 128 gig. But, but it's a lot harder to fit all of that inside such a small small case. I think, actually, it, it's relatively easy now to craft a, a, a laptop. You know, that's, that's, old, Fair point. that's yes. old hat. Yeah. So um, we're talking... We, we talked a bit about um, the 5C and the 5S, and, Rafe, you're, you're right that, that the... The, the cut today's models will be the cheap models of the future. So perhaps by definition then we will lose that smaller form factor because Apple, with the exception of the 5C, has never introduced new low-end models to fill that space. They've always allowed things to flow down. But what does that mean, uh, what does that mean for the, the iPad mini and the top end of the market? Because, of course, now, uh, as Ewan's hinted at, the, the 6 Plus and the iPad mini Whilst they are significantly, there's a significant size difference. Perhaps the way people use them are su- sufficiently f- similar that they might be uh, competitive. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's I think it's inevitable that the six plus is going to cannibalise sales of the iPad Mini in particular, uh, because I think people who are buying the iPhone six plus are thinking, I want to get a, a smartphone, but I want it to be a little bit tablet like. And I mean, honestly, I think that's what's been driving sales of phablets more than anything else. Partly it is about having a bigger screen, but more than anything else, it's um, I want both a smartphone and a tablet. I can't have both because I can't afford it or for some other reason. So I'm going to have essentially the compromised device in between the two. I would expect um, the iPhone 6 Plus actually has two, two big effects for Apple. It increases the average selling price of the iPhone as a whole because it's a more expensive model. It's not a whole, it's a phone. Thank you. Boom, boom. <laughs> and... Uh, it will mean that fewer iPad minis are sold. I do wonder whether Apple has got a sort of an, an iPad refresh lined up that may sort of defend against that. But I, I don't think they'll actually care, you know, because they're looking at overall sales. But I do expect there to be further commentary around, you know, depressed iPad sales as a consequence of the iPhone 6 Plus. Um, I think what we'll probably see is a, a defense against that is actually an extension of the iPad range the other way. And so we'll have the iPad Pro or the iPad Plus, which might be a, a bigger screen or, you know, we'll get closer into laptop territory. You know, we talked about transformer devices and the mm. Microsoft Surface. I think Apple will move in that direction. Uh, uh, almost everything's pushing up a little bit, if you will. And, and certainly that, that's, that, that increase in selling prices... Apple have gone the wrong way with the iPad because introducing the mini cannibalized standard iPad prices and actually it caused that average selling price of, of iPads to crash and and that doesn't mean very much to, to consumers particularly because they, they get the device they want but what it meant for Apple was that they were selling the same number of iPads making less making less money so I see what you mean from a high end point there but as we've as we struggled with the iPhone plus 6 plus you know, reaching the maximum sort of usable size. It, the, these things, these things aren't just numbers on a spreadsheet. They're devices that people have to pick up and feel a connection to, and and that they want to use. And so, I wonder, with the iPad, can it get larger or more powerful or more complex in a way that would justify putting that premium premium price on there? It, it, it does feel to me like there's a you know I talk about a continuum of devices, and you can think about that in terms of power, pricing, screen size. And it did feel like there was a gap between the iPhone and the iPad mini. And I would say there's still a gap between the iPad and the MacBook, MacBook Air or MacBook mm. Pro. So I think that's a space that Apple will, will look to fill next. 
And so what we'll see is a, almost a continuous thing from you know iPhone right up to MacBook Air. And that will start being reflected in the software as well. I mean, that's not something Apple have really got into much continuity with iOS 8 and with uh, Yosemite is starting to go that way. And that's when I talk about that extension, I think it's there. It, it does come back to this discussion about will Apple do cheaper devices? And honestly, I think that isn't the way it's going. That doesn't seem to be the direction that Apple is, is if they ever, If they ever get desperate, I think we'll know that's Apple what are really do. desperate when the iPhone mini, you know, £129, comes out. It's almost something the operators were really, really afraid of. One last question before we wrap up then. Uh, do you think that the slight hardware differences between the 6 and the 6 Plus, so the the battery, the uh, the increase in screen resolution, the um, optical image stabilisation that's in the camera, are they... Are they meaningful differences? And will we see the 6 and the 6 Plus be differentiated on more than just screen size in the future? I, th I think uh, it's only size. And that there is no shop that you and I, uh, you and I, I'm looking at all of you, um, or both of you, could walk into at the moment with a consumer in it. No mobile phone shop that has a consumer going, oh, I want the 6 Plus because it's got optical image stabilization. That's just something they've added in, and they just want it for the size. So, so from a consumer point of view, you're saying that consumer, just size. consumers yeah. won't prioritize anything else other than size. I don't think size. It's good, the, the, the updates are good enough to but warrant any interest. Could, Rafe, could, could, Ewan, could Ewan be persuaded to differentiate on something else if they put enough bells and whistles onto a 6 Plus? I think possibly, I don't think they will. I think where we may see differentiation emerge is in the software, and it's been relatively quiet, but the 6 Plus actually does have some differences in the stock software in that there are a few apps that have the kind of the two-column layout in landscape mode, and if that's picked up and run with by third-party developers and we see something significant emerge there, there could be a differentiation as the 6 Plus becomes more iPad-like, but I honestly think it's that there isn't going to be that much, at least to begin with, and really the breakdown will be by geographic regions with the 6 Plus selling better in Asia, mirroring the, sort of the general smartphone market. Okay, well, we should leave it there. Thanks very much, guys. Well, thank you. Uh, fascinating stuff. I, very Apple-centric, but even when they're following, they're still... Sort of, they're still sort of leading in, in some respects uh, in, in terms of the way that they seem to dominate the conversation about mm. things that perhaps we even thought were, were old hat a few months ago, given that, you know, what the likes of Apple and uh, what the likes of uh, Samsung and HTC had done. Yeah. Uh, and we should probably reassure our Android listeners that there is going to be a, a, an equally Android-centric episode once we can talk about Android L and some of the new flagships and features coming out in that area. But uh, we can also reassure people that there definitely won't be a Windows Phone episode. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll persuade them. Okay. Well, look, thanks for your time very much, guys. Thank um, you. Please go to 361podcast.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you chose and why. As ever, there'll be questions and comments there. We'd love to get your feedback. Mm. Um, of course, today's episode was directly based on feedback from last season. So uh, please let us know what you'd like to hear about because we are listening. Uh, thank you very much, guys. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.